Hello, everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Tonight, we're talking about Star Wars, The Last Jedi, starring Mark Hamill, Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Andy Serkis, and the late, great Carrie Fisher, also directed by Ryan Johnson. This is Jordan along here with Eric and Ed, like always. Eric, how you doing tonight? I'm just hanging out, man. Excited to talk about this movie. It's going to be a good one. Uh, Ed, how about you? Well, um... I'm doing okay. Uh, I've now been able to process this movie, so emotionally I'm much better. Uh, it's been a couple of days since I've seen it. Eric, I know it's been a couple of days since you've seen it, but Jordan, Jordan, buddy, yeah. you're fresh off like 10 minutes. You, you, yeah. you just saw it 10 minutes ago, so I'm, I'm eager to hear your, your, fresh, uh, your fresh results. Absolutely. Your emotions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just saw it here. We, we uh, did a little behind the scenes here for the fans. We always record on Wednesdays, but sorry, boys. Five dollar on Tuesdays. I had to see it for five dollars. I, I just want to say, just to give you shit, that uh, officially we have both seen it twice to your one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Twice before you got to see it the, the first time, right? Yes. So, so get on. Well, I guess also maybe it might speak to us. Uh, you know, I mean, just to, just to get in, just to get in. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. I think this movie. I don't know your thoughts yet, Jordan. We haven't talked, but I think this movie, honestly, is better the second time around only because you know what's coming. You know what I mean? Like, once you get another viewing. So, it's definitely something I'd like to explore when we have a conversation, when we talk about it during the show. Maybe. Well, guys, you know, after after coming off of uh, the boot heels uh, two years ago with Episode 7, The Force Awakens, I mean, that movie... It's been two years ago, and we're going to be celebrating our two-year anniversary soon, and that was our first official episode that we ever did. And, you know, The the Force Awakens was definitely a very safe movie. It was the studio, and it was Abrams saying, okay, everybody, sorry about those prequels. We're going to make a safe movie here. Um, And they did, and I was really excited to get into The Last Jedi. Uh, When I first, of course, like always, when uh, they get ready to release it, they come out with the last Jedi. Eric, Ed, what'd you guys think about that? I mean, Eric, what did you feel about the title, Star Wars: The Last Jedi? I mean, that's better than Attack of the Clones, right? Well, well, yeah. I guess Attack of Anything is is kind of like man, Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman. Like, come on, <laughs> you know. But like, uh, yeah, I, um, I, the Last Jedi. Well, here's the thing: is that. I, Often when you hear, like, the last something, you know, it's just like, okay, is it really the last, though? Especially in Hollywood nowadays, when it's, you know, the last something part two. It's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. You know, I thought it was the last of, but the la- you know. So, the I, I, I meet it with, with apprehension in what does the last mean, you know. So, um... I was curious to know what that was going to be, what it signified. Uh, I was very happy 
I had a lot of questions that I thought was going to be kind of like, oh, does that mean that Luke is like the last Jedi and then that's that's, that's kind of it? But when it came to that part, I was I was satisfied with it. Yeah, the name's not my favorite, but uh, after seeing it, it's very relevant, and I'd say it has to, it, it works. It's a working title, and it works. And what about you? What do you think of the title, The Last Jedi? Well, going into the movie, I thought it was a great title. I thought it was kind of risky. I thought that, you know, it was basically what Disney's been doing is giving us red herrings to a certain degree. Like, you know, who's the last Jedi that had us asking questions for however long it had been since they had released the, the name, what, maybe probably six months at least. Yeah. So we've been talking, we've been talking at least about that. Uh, there's a ton of videos out there. We had internal debates about potentially what it meant when, when it got first released. And after seeing the movie, I mean, it was definitely something that was a, an appropriate title for the movie. Um, you know, I, I don't like the direction they went after seeing everything, and I'll get into that in more detail. But, um, you know, I mean, for this movie, it was an appropriate title. I can't necessarily say I like it uh, or dislike it. We'll get more into that once we start talking about uh, our, our feelings about the movie. Absolutely. I mean, guys, when when the teaser trailer came out and you saw Luke and you saw Ray and Kylo and and Luke says that famous line, "It's time for the Jedi to die" or or "It's time for the Jedi to be over." I mean, like it was it was it was jaw dropping because because Luke mm -hmm. Skywalker is your is your childhood is, is your childhood uh, hero for us. I mean, we're all in our thirties here. I mean, we grew up with Luke. You know, so for here to Luke to say the Jedi are going to end, it's like, oh, this is going to be darker than Empire. Oh, my God. Like, you just, like, all these emotions and all this, like, Star Wars nerd boner just comes up. And you're just like, what do I do? What do I do? Like, how do I process this? So I was really excited about the title of it. I think it's one of the best titles of the whole saga. And it, well, personally. It, well, it gives ambiguity. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't I mean, think it was it's the best. So, but I mean, like was, Empire Strikes Back is the best, in my opinion, title. Well, yeah, I mean, and then, you know, Revenge of the Sith, in my opinion, is probably the name of the, is like the best title. Uh, I mean, this, I would put this on the same equal playing field in terms of title as The Phantom Menace. Like, you don't know what it's, exactly what it means until you see the movie. I, I Menace, mean, you, didn't, you didn't know that there was the Sith. You know, it was a phantom menace. They even the Jedi didn't know. Only we, the viewers, did. The Jedi didn't know till the third episode. Right. So I, I mean, the titles are. I mean, not an issue. I guess. <laughs> I never, uh, it, no. it, seemed, it seemed very kind of. Uh, I, I don't know. A New Hope is. If you're to compare, all of them would be the best one. Come on, it's a, it's a New Hope, man. After, and I would say that after knowing the story now you know, and how each title, subtitle, um, has a certain kind of theme or effect towards that movie, A New Hope just fixed it perfectly, man. It's just like, that's, that's where we're at. We've come a long way now, to, to now. And it's just dark times, man, like Empire's taken over, now we have this new hope arising in, in, uh, in a little farm... Uh, a little moisture farm on, farm. on Tatooine. Farm boy Luke. Farm boy Luke. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I can tell that we were all excited to get into this. 
you know, we were debating if we should do a Star Wars prediction episode like we did two years, but we wanted to hold that off, folks. We wanted to get into the hype of this movie. Uh, I mean, this movie has been plagued with some with some interesting backstories, but I'm going to tell you this, and I really hope I don't spoil it for you here. But, controversial statement here, before we get into everything, for the first time ever in the Star Wars saga, and I'll say that one more time, for the first time ever in the Star Wars saga, we have an actual real director behind the camera here. Uh, I mean, Irvin Kirshner. J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams was fucking great. Real director, man. Like, J.J. Abrams has, you know, done a bunch before this. Right? I mean, I... Yeah, yeah, J.J. Abrams took something that even maybe is, you know, controversial to say, has more more stringent fans, I guess, like, like Star Trek, and basically turned their entire franchise upside down and they thanked him for it. You know? um, I like, was surprised that they picked this director. Why, though? It's because, look, we're going to talk about Irvin Kirshner, who did Empire Strikes Back. Irvin Kirshner has not had a good track record since or before that movie, guys. He went on to do Robocop <laughs> 2, fellas. I mean, well, you like, gotta re- you got to remember. Hang on a second. You've got to remember that, that Lucas has never been a member of the Director's Guild. Whoa, was that a fart? That definitely sounded like a fart. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> But anyway, mind. yeah, apparently. Um, but uh, but anyway, uh, he so nobody that was in the the directors guild could do his movies. I mean, his best friend Steven Spielberg, he wanted to he, who he wanted to do uh, Star Wars movies, and Spielberg wanted to do the Star Wars movies, but they wouldn't let him. The directors the, the directors guild wouldn't let them, so he had to take what he could get. And let's face it, the movies didn't need good direction because they were fucking hokey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't need directors. I mean, they just had, they had the story. They had the beautiful, brilliant story to, you know, to, to go with it. You know, so they didn't really need good direction. But, which is, but, which is, I argue, finally now get a good director. That's why I'm at, that, that's why I'm arguing that. Well, I'm disagreeing with you, J.J. Abrams. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Jumper. I think Jumper is really innovative. I mean, Looper, I'm going to give... You, you guys are gonna catch. You gonna catch. I'm gonna catch. Oh, that's what I meant. Jumper. Yeah, Looper. Jumper's the. Speaking of Hayden Christensen, uh, but uh, yeah, to say. Yeah, <laughs> Hayden. Yeah, but uh, but my point is, is like I like that movie, and I, I, it was, it was kind of unique to a certain degree, but uh, you know, at the same time, you know, J.J. Abrams, hands down, is the best director. Perhaps. Ah, see, I'm going to go complete opposite on that one. But we can go on for hours about that. You know, a lot, a lot of people would feel the same way, though. I mean, so it's not gonna, never, everyone's not going to be happy. It's basically what it is. And I uh, I liked uh, Ryan Justin's previous work, too. Uh, I liked The Brothers Bloom, which I think I was the only person who did. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I, I mean, I liked his... his uh, uh, Brick was obviously a, was a, was a fun one. So... Well, not necessarily a fun one. It was a fucking weird, depressing movie, very fast too. But, um, so yeah, that, that was that was a weird one. But yeah, obviously the the guy has uh, he's done what the, the the big episodes of Breaking Bad, like the big one, right? Uh, yeah. Mhm. Like he's a, he's a TV director for most, for the most part. Yeah, it looks like him. Well, e- either way, um, when you say a real director, I mean, 
when it comes to Star Wars, like, and you have a Disney budget, you're, you're, it's going to be okay. You know, I, I'd say anyone, any fanboy with, with kind of, uh, with the help that they're going to have is, is going to be able to make a, uh, a halfway decent Star Wars movie. And this guy just obviously has a bit more experience. I'm not trying to, to discredit him whatsoever. I enjoy what he does, but I'm just saying that, you know, when it comes to Star Wars movies, um, you're basically only thing that that needs to be worried uh, or you need to worry about is just the story. Like everything else will, will will come with with its own fandom, with its own bias. It's just the story you gotta work on. Yeah, and legitimately, you, they could have had a fucking half retarded monkey direct this movie, and it would still have broken. Box, could have been box a cartoon. Record. It could have been a claymation cartoon. People would still go see it. Yeah, it still would have made three hundred million dollars in its first weekend. <laughs> Guys, those are two very good arguments. But my end argument on the director, though, is that I tell in this movie, this is the completely different Star Wars movie that I've ever seen. Guys, we've all grew up with Star Wars. We've seen Star Wars a billion times. This is the one Star Wars movie that is not formulaic. That's why I'm saying that J.J. Abrams was not a good director for The Force Awakens because it was very safe, very formulaic. Let's hit the beats. Let's do what? something like I, this. I completely disagree with you on everything and, you're saying. There are Ryan, three. Th there's something. All three of the things that you just said are wrong. To steal a line from this movie, <laughs> everything you said is incorrect. You know what, though, I, I'll say real quick is that no, again, no matter who the director is, I think that Disney has their has a has their their I guess their mouse to gloves on it, just are, are wrapped around this fucking story. And they're not letting it go. I think they're doing it right. And I, I, I tend to notice something with The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi is that it's sticking pretty close to the beats of New Hope and Empire Strikes Back as far as, uh, uh, I wouldn't say tempo so much because this, this Last Jedi kind of lacked a lot of, uh, a, lot of uh, a lot of speed, a lot, a lot of, you know... Um, I guess tempo, you know, it, it pacing. That's what I was uh, trying to, what I was trying to find. It, it, there was a lack of pacing there. It was ill-timed or stretched out a bit longer than it needed to be. So that, actually, that was an argument that a lot of people had. The story was still there, but I think that it's hitting on a lot of the same beats that the original trilogy are, are on. And there's your safe mode right there. So you're complaining about J.J. Abrams being a, him playing it safe, or um, that Ryan Johnson was able to uh, just kind of, it's. I think they're they're sticking to the story. Okay. All right. Well, those are very interesting points. We'll leave it up to the. We'll get into Star Wars. So, if you have not seen the Last Jedi and you don't want to be spoiled, I don't want to tell you this, but you got to turn off the show because we're going to spoil the shit out of it, especially here with the plot summary starting right. So, for the Last Jedi. Uh, I'm gonna say just a few, uh, just 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 a few weeks, maybe a few days have gone by, and the Rebel Alliance is in shambles. There's only maybe like 400, 400 of them left, only a few Starfleet left, and Ray and Chewbacca have taken the Millennium Falcon over to Walker to actually get him to join the fight. And he does not say anything epic. He just looks at her and. 
He wants nothing to do with it. While that's going on, Kylo Ren and um, um, uh, you guys have to help me here. Uh, General General Hux. Hux. Sorry, guys. Thank you. And General Hux are trying to destroy the rest of the Rebel Alliance fleet as they try to make it to an unknown destination. Uh, Princess Leia gets shot out of uh, out of the bridge, and she does a Force Superman fly, which we'll sure we'll talk about that one. Jesus and, Christ. <laughs> and and all of a sudden, Luke Skywalker knows and senses that Rey is just as powerful as Kylo Ren or Ben Solo was, and he refuses to train her until something mysterious happens when she is on a rock and he sees more power. Going into the end of the movie here, fellas, we find out that Snoke has been telepathically helping Kylo Ren and Rey talk to each other so they can set everything up so they can have a meeting. Uh, Kylo Ren uh, kills Snoke, so we don't know much about Snoke at all. He is in this movie, but not much. And Kylo Ren wants Rey to join him to not create a new empire or new order but just a new version of the galaxy be ray of course in the summer version of hoth that's what it looks like but it's like a sugar planet and salt. Salt. salt yeah and why that is going on yoda comes in as a force ghost and helps luke burn the rest of the jedi temple in the tree and a major battle between Kylo and Luke ensues with Luke being a hologram. And after the battle, Luke at peace finally with himself. And hopefully the audience is at peace with him. Dies away. And credits roll. Well, that was, that's uh, the basic. That's, that's, a, that's a good summary. I mean, you literally told the, the, the story in about two minutes. Yeah. I didn't tell the, the – I just had a little part about the other stuff, but – any, you know, like, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get into all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. let's let's do but that. But anyway, where, so where do we start? So the movie starts with the opening credits, um, and it got me right into it. You know, boom, the fanfare, Star Wars opening credits, Last Jedi, and it gets us right into an epic space battle here. Uh, this is the last of the Rebel fleet. I mean, I mean, this is it. I mean, before in Episode Four, Five, and Six, the Rebels were everywhere, but this is it—just a handful of ships and. Wow, the new order, the first order is just destroying them left and right, aren't they? They, they got they got I, guns. I want I want to hop in here and a point that you're making is you're is you're calling them the rebel fleet, which is obviously what they're referred to a lot in this movie. Where the fuck aren't they called the resistance they're, by the way? They the resistance. Like, they completely ignored that concept. They Ryan jo- Ryan Johnson basically said, "Fuck you." created in the resistance they're the rebels again it's the rebel alliance like they're called the well, rebels I mean, the like, whole time no no that's not i mean no i mean they they get called both they're most of the resistance and then the other half of the movie is is rebels i mean they go rebel back scum mm-hmm. rebel scum yeah so okay this movie was two and a half hours long something but i want to talk about Ray meeting Luke, and she gives Luke the lightsaber at the end of The Force Awakens, and you're waiting for it. You're waiting for that epic monologue or that epic speech that Luke's going to give of, 
let's train you to become a Jedi. You know, you're expecting this for two years, and then he gets the lightsaber and just tosses it off the cliff. He has nothing to do with it. The last time that we really kind of saw Luke, folks, was at the Return of the Jedi. We saw him for a blip second in Force Awakens, but how do we feel about where Luke is right now in this movie? Luke is just an old... He's a bitch, man. He's a Luke. whiny little he's, he's emo whiny where. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Luke I mean, is old man Logan. We've we've talked about this for forever. That in the Star Wars franchise, those who think that Luke is like the ultimate hero, he's he's not. I mean, he's a fucking bitch. He whines and complains the whole time. And the only reason he goes to Mos Eisley with, with Ben Kenobi. Is because he's got nowhere to go because he didn't want to. He didn't want to go, you know. He wanted to join the Rebel Alliance because his friends were, and his uncle was like, "No, you're kind of a pussy. You can't. You need to stay here and be a moisture farmer." And that's continued throughout the whole series until he does what he has to. He comes back and he saves his friends and he makes this plan in in, in Return of the Jedi and, and and whatnot. And we see it here. It's a continuation. He he finally he says that I finally decided. That I because of my nephew, that I was going to train other Jedi, and I fucked up, and I'm never ever doing it again. And in fact, I'm I'm cutting myself off from the Force. I'm not a fucking hero. I'm just going to be a bitch and go here on this tiny planet to die. Yeah, mm -hmm. like yeah, let himself down. That's everything too. It's just like, dude, oh, you you know, from where you've been, and what you've been, or where you've gone, and what you've been through. Like, that's the moment where you're just going to just say no, no more? Like, Abs Yes, absolutely. I think this is a great place where we come up with Luke. I mean, who hasn't, ha who hasn't gone through this in life? I mean, like, that's what I'm saying, that for once we have a real director, because this is also written by Ryan Johnson, who was telling a story. Why wouldn't Luke be like this? I mean, I mean think about that, guy. You're one of those people, Jordan. Ugh, I'm so disappointed no. in you. Hold you're one of those people. <laughs> I, I, I can see I, a lot he's, of my... He's, he's, he's a, just a stubborn person. He's and, broken. Yeah. Luke, Luke is... I mean, guys, I can see a lot of myself in Luke. You know, I have personally made a lot of decisions in my life where I'm surrounded by a bunch of people and thinking everything is going to be great and then something terrible happens and then you lose all those people. And then you're sitting there going, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to just be a hermit and watch me and masturbate. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but guess what? You I fucking got that. up the next day. You fucking got up the next day and you went to work and you did what you have to do. So even you, Jordan, are more hero heroic than fucking Luke Skywalker in this movie. Right? I disagree that he is not heroic. I think that this is a man that is broken and I think this is a man trying to find himself because he was trying to restore He's balance. He's not trying to force. find him. No, he's not. He's First away. of all, his his dad, yeah, his dad brought balance to the force because his dad was the chosen one, and just Brian brought balance to the force when he fucking killed the emperor in six, right? So this movie comes up, and he ran away from his problems. I would love to run away from my problems, but I can't afford to do that, you know. So I just drink more. Like yeah. he and, he and we're, there, there's a weird scene where he drinks out of some fucking hippo cow's. He drinks blue milk out of a fucking hippo cow's titty. This was green like, he gives, like, that this time. It was green. Oh, it was green. But, like, what? Like, he, he, he becomes this hermit who shuts himself off from the force because he doesn't want to get found, and he wants to die. But he's too big of a pussy to kill himself. Well, no. He's not, he, I mean, 
he wants to die. He doesn't want to kill himself. I mean, like, I mean, there's no evidence that he wants to kill himself. But where he's at now as a character after leaving episode six and finding out the backstory that he failed Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, I, I mean, like, heartbreaking for him. He tried to I mean, kill him. He tried to fucking kill his nephew. No, he didn't. No, yeah, he, he didn't. Did. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Yeah, no. What? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. The story they that find he... the truth finally the truth finally comes out the third time that they tell you because Luke says like Luke's version of the story is I went there because Snoke had turned them had turned him and I go there to stop him and he pulls out his lightsaber and he thinks he kills me and then he takes kills half my students and takes the other half and they become the Knights of Red. And then, and then Kylo tells you a story. He's like, no, no, that's not what happened. I fucking wake up, and my uncle ha is trying to fucking kill me, so I saved my own ass. And then the third time comes out, when the truth finally comes out, Luke says, yeah, I went there. I went there to kill him. I was a split second, and in, the, in that split second, I changed my mind, and he woke up, and it was a misunderstanding. Yes. Yes, you're right. He didn't. Uh, he went that Kylo was going to turn. He thought the best thing to do was to kill him. Guys, I get that. Wouldn't you kill Hitler if you could if he was a baby? I'm just saying. That's not the Jedi way, bro. I understand that's the this. fucking Jedi way. I understand that's not the Jedi way, but Luke was never really a officially a full-fledged Jedi, and we're not going to get into this review of straight uh, Star he's Wars. He's the last first Jedi, off. first off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well... Yeah. Yep. So I mean, like it's it's just I I I just personally like where Luke is in the story. I I, I think it makes sense for the character. Uh, he does find himself when Yoda comes in at the uh, towards the middle end there. And if Luke didn't have any redemption, Luke never would have showed up to try to stop or stall or do anything. So there's definitely some character buildup. So there's definitely redemption for him. I like but Luke you gotta in this movie. You got to remember, Yoda first of all knows that Ray stole the Jedi texts because he was going to go. He was he was planning to go and burn it all because he he was he had yeah. finally given up. He's done with the Jedi. He's done with himself. He's done with the Force. And Ray's never coming back. So I'm burning down the temple and getting rid of all the the, the Jedi texts. Yeah. Yoda obviously knew that. She, so he was like, "Ha! Huh, she's already got what she needs, bro. Here, boom, boom." Uses the Force to change fucking weather. And yeah. lightning strike and lightning strikes this fucking tree and burns it down. And then Luke's yeah, like, "Whoa, wait a minute, hang on, that was a bad idea, that was a bad idea." And he goes to save the, the Jedi text, not knowing they were stolen. And Yoda put the Yoda pushes him back, and like he's laying there, and he pops him on his fucking head and says, "You're an idiot." Like she's good. Yeah. You know, guys. Speaking of Yoda in this movie too, how'd you guys feel? Eric, uh, let's go with you real quick. Eric, how'd you feel that Yoda was an actual puppet in this one, not a CG I, I like creation? That. I like that Yoda. It, at first, I was just like, "Well, that's a that's a really blue," but then they toned down that that glow, and I think it got a little mm -hmm. easier on the eye. But uh, I, I I was very happy with this. Like, yes, that's that now that looks good. That's a that looks that, that's a yeah. good looking Yoda right there. Is what I said out loud. Now, that wasn't Frank Oz that did the voice, right? Because isn't Frank Oz... Yeah, it was. Uh, is that Frank Oz? I thought he passed yeah, it was Frank Oz. He no, he's not dead yet. It just sounded different. So, backtrack a little bit more now. Where is everybody else? So, we got Leia, who is General Leia, who is in charge of the Resistance. She has the last remaining of the fleet. Finn, 
uh, wakes up in this, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but like this, like this suit to health help chamber, revive him or yeah, whatever. Sure. Yeah, health chamber thing. And Poe is talking oh, back shit. To ta- back to tanks. They're called back to tanks, by the way. Thank you. Okay. And Where's then Poe po is literally, the, by definition, trolling hawks stall him so they can bring in their bombers. Yeah. That was, that was, I like First that they, of, they kept the that humor in. Bombers. Oh, yeah. You, you, you definitely, especially, I would argue, as, as dark as this. Because, all coming in, it's ready to go off, and all of them destroyed. I'm like, is this mapping on the edge of your seat? Ed, okay. Oh, so I'm, Aaron, so, I'm sorry. You cut it. You cut out there. I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. I said, "What did you think of the bomber?" Oh well, what, you know, I mean, at the beginning, I mean, I, I was okay with it being kind of like him trolling Hoxie. You said that scene. First, I mean, first of all, I mean, the best part about that scene was the end. I mean, it was cool. You had the one, the the one bomber left, but the end of that scene when they go back on the sh- the, the ship after and they jump into light speed. Is Luke, or as Leia says, you, you yeah, it, you may have done one good thing, but you've killed everybody in my fleet. You've yeah. killed you've killed all of my soldiers, pilot. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a great scene. Was it uh, uh, all heroes, no leaders? Yes. Yeah. So on that note, since you brought that up, Ed, Eric, how do you feel about this one? I'm not a fan of Poe. I, I just listen. He's just he's 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 too much. All all the characters really had no development. I don't. I did not feel anything for any of these characters. They're kind of jerks. They're kind of selfish jerks, actually. Like um, for the most part, the. That I'm just saying that out of relation to all the storylines, except for Kylo and Ray's, all the other, everyone else involved, just it's just selfish. I, I I get why they're there in the universe, but like for for Finn to have the status that he does, and for him to do what he does with that status, it's just like what the like what the fuck, man, like. The force has your back. It looks like, and I want to know why. So, <laughs> it's like, why Eric, are you force sensitive? And speaking and speaking of which, there's not a time in this movie that was uttered audibly. I have a bad feeling about this. However, Ryan Johnson says in that scene, BB-8 says it. Oh, really? Well, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. But that's um, just him. You don't fucking know. There's no way you can tell. Yeah, well, that's Eric, that's him getting away with that, right? Yeah, Eric. Uh, Eric, I definitely agree with you on one character. Actually, two characters. Yeah, actually, you know what? I, I might backtrack. Eric, I agree all, with you all, on both. All the characters, yeah. All, all but Ray and Kylo Ren and Luke. I mean, like, but when you got Finn and Poe, you could tell that Ryan Johnson did not really have an interest in Finn or Poe. He didn't know where to. He didn't know where to take them. He didn't know what to do with them. Uh, Finn. Now, again, guys, this movie is days not even like a full week from The Force Awakens. I mean, that's the timeline in this movie. 
and Rose, whose sister was the one person in the in the in the bomber to kill to well, I mean to destroy that big starship. Uh, she's saying that Finn's a war hero and and everything, but it's only been a few days since the last movie. Another big want... fucking problem with the stupid fucking movie. But go ahead. They did all those bombers, and only one did the job. Yeah. Was it because they knew that all those bombers were going to be in a suicide mission, and and all they needed was just the one? I mean, I I don't know. Uh, well, in any kind of wartime thing like that, you send you send multiple plants. Like if they had, oh, sure. let's say five bombers. You know, they figured, okay, well, worst case scenario, we've got five bombers. One of them is bound to fucking get through. Sure, sure. I guess that works. Eight work. I mean, I don't know how many they had, like six or eight or something like that. Yeah, yeah however many. Yeah. But so uh, yeah, I, I I get that. So after the bomber scene happens, and and Finn wants to go and try to save Ray, but he's stopped by Rose. And Rose is now a new character into the Star Wars universe, who uh, whose sister died on that bomber that destroyed the Starfleet. I'm sorry, that destroyed the starship that was going to the Star Destroyer, whatever you want to call it. And uh, she stuns him because you know he was trying to escape. But a few scenes later, uh, they come out of hyper. Um, they come out of. Um, Oh shit! Hyperspace. Hyper. Yeah, hyperspace. Hyper, hyper, thank you. I was gonna say hypersleep. Hyperspace. They come out of hyperspace, and they get another big space battle, and Leia gets blown out of the bridge. She is in space. She's dead. A lot of people bitch about this. I'm curious what you two feel. She somehow gets the strength from not breathing to Superman fly back to the ship. Eric, do you have a problem with that? I mean, yeah, a little bit. Uh, you know, we all knew that she was force sensitive, but like, I, I'm, I'm giving it a pass. Like, it, it's quite obvious that she's like the descendant of one of the most badass Siths of all of all time, right? Uh, we're or you know, Dark Lords ever, the the best villain ever, right? And so. Luke can't all, and she's a twin, so you think Luke's going to get all that fucking mitochlorians, whatever the hell those things are? Mitochlorians. <laughs> mitochlorians. Yeah, Jesus. You know, she probably got some of those things, too, but uh, we never get to see her, her kind of in action. It's always been in presence. She's always felt something, or it's always made reference that she's, oh, I feel, you know, something like that. So maybe this is this is her force thing just kind of just kind of acting like she doesn't know how to control it maybe it's just that you know obviously i don't know you know what you know what it is is that that part of her coming back it, it was just kind of like what the fuck i i get that but the bigger part of that was that kylo chose to not shoot well yeah and i agree with you like at that exact moment you got to remember that like Snoke basically says to, to Kylo Ren, like, it's because it's moments, it's it's maybe an hour after he just killed his dad. It's out how big of a pussy he's being for for doing that and, and, and how conflicted he is. And I just want to add that Adam Driver is fucking brilliant in this movie. Really good, yeah. But, you know, the scene, when it happened, I thought, oh, so 
they're just they 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 cut her out of the movie completely. They got rid of her entire storyline because she's Pat because she died. This is their way to to get rid of her her character. And then all of a sudden she uses the force. Like if you're gonna use the force, that's okay. Like I'm okay with her being a force wielder. Like you you've got to imagine that Luke probably taught her some things how to use the force. And she's not a, a, a fighter in the sense that she you know she have a light. Yeah. So I was I was okay with the concept of it, but like after going through the whole movie and knowing now what we know, you have to kill her off now. And that was the perfect out. They could have gone back because it happened in you know a year after the movie. You know her scenes were done, but this happened a year ago. They could have done a ton of reshoots. I think that actually would have been the perfect moment to get rid of her. Oh, I totally disagree. I totally disagree. She needs an epic death. All of them need an epic death. Well, and Han got it last movie, and 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 Luke got it this movie. I mean, Leia, Leia was not scheduled to die, I guess. But if you think Luke had an epic death in this movie, you and I are gonna fist fight. Sorry, right, we can. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't my favorite. I, I again, I like a lot of the stuff that happens in the movie. I understand why, and I get it. It's just not my favorite. Wow. Guys, we're at completely different odds here on this one. Here, like, listen, I, I again, there are, are some, after seeing it again, I'm really on board with the way, that, again, this whole Kylo and Ray thing is going. But again, just everything else, I just felt like it just it just wasn't needed. Like, it really, to the point right now where it's just like, you could have cut out, like, a lot of that, and it just wasn't needed. You know, again, it felt like a lot of it was like Empire Strikes Back, like the casino planet, whatever it was. It felt like Cloud City. You know, uh-huh. it just kind of certain things just kind of kind of just just fell into. And, spe- and speaking, that, yeah, speaking of which, yeah, speaking of which, Benicio del Toro, who's the first legitimate actor ever introduced into this franchise after being a great legitimate actor. Uh, Lord Dern. And, well, <laughs> she's horrible in this movie, and I hate her character. But, <laughs> but like Benicio del Toro, his character has a—you're introduced to him in an okay kind of way. Like I, I didn't have a problem with the way you're introduced to him. But they wasted his fucking character. They wasted a brilliant actor doing a great job in what should have been a pivotal character, what should have been Lando. Speaking of the Cloud City reference. He should have been Lando. Like, in that whole scene, like, we, okay, so he goes and he, her her half-moon kind of thing. He gives Rose back her half-moon kind of thing after he agrees to, to break into the, into the, the Snoke ship. And, and, and rats them out. And then he's just gone. He just bounces. He gets on, he gets his money, he gets on the ship, and he fucking bounces. Kind of like Lando. But Lando comes back. Like, he realizes his mistake. No, in the second movie, he realizes his mistake and helps them escape. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's true, he does. You're right, you're right. So, like, like, that would have been, like, he he should have been in that AT-AT walker, not fucking BB-8. Like, that's a huge, huge plot mistake. What if he did it and we just don't know yet? What if he actually, because... Two things is that he uh, his whole purpose was uh, was to, to move the plot along because Finn and Rose were 
uh, getting together because they were going to recruit him, a codebreaker, then so they could... Uh, you know, I feel like they need to take a breath to describe their fucking plot. Really. <laughs> they they had to recruit the codebreaker in order to uh, uh, break on to, break into a Star Destroyer, the, le- the lead Star Destroyer ship, and get into a certain part of the Star Destroyer ship, and disable the hyperspeed tracking device right the hyperspace tracking uh-huh. device that's in there so yep. that that only that one ship possesses because it's the upgraded model for some fucking reason and that was his whole thing is to go in there so maybe he was able to disable it because they never did disable it they got caught right before that they disabled it so um which by the way if that's the fucking case like you could easily get the Millennium Falcon, who that just was able to hyperspace in, real quick, drop off Ray, hyperspace out. Which, fuck you, because how many times did it take for you to go? Oh, hyper, it's not ready yet. You had to wait, but <laughs> the one time that the Falcon's Chewie's hyperdrive so, works so is dope. that moment. Yeah, Chewie's so good with it that he can just do boom, boom, real quick with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and we had. Two different people just just kind of go on to the ship, by the way, too. So I guess Star Destroyers have like an open-door policy that I was just unaware about either. Well, guys, the problem with that is, and I will say this, the the problem with that is definitely the writing. I mean, because you have characters like Leia and then her, um, and then the, I'm sorry, the new woman who took over when she was in, uh, Lord when Dern, was, Vice Admiral, Lord Dern, Vice Admiral, Holdo. Yeah. Vice Admiral Holdo. Uh, they already had a sneaky little plan that none of the characters or us even knew. And that is, I think a bad part with Fuck writing you. because exactly because <laughs> like, because like you can't sit here and say, okay, so the plan is we have to go to this casino planet to get a code breaker to break in and do all this stuff. Everything you guys just said is correct. I 100% agree with you. And then all of a sudden go, wait a minute. There's a little planet up here. And this has been our plan all along. Like, I'm totally going to totally, and totally wash, agree with you they guys. They wash on hands that. of it, too. Like, that's the fucking yeah. other thing, too, is that first off, bitch, Poe is flipping tables over in the office. Tell him. Yeah. 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 Just we're, tell him. Just tell him. <laughs> Yeah, we're evacuating. Because, There's a planet over there. Maybe you can, you know, with your pilot's mind, maybe you can help us out a little bit. We can throw like a distraction or shit like that. Maybe your idea, because you had this back fucking plan without us, this whole Finn thing, maybe we could work together so you can disable the cloaking device so that we can, you know, you could. Maybe if we let our powers combine, we can actually fucking do something. Poe, ex- I, I understand yeah. his frustration because he doesn't fucking know anything and he's actually do. But the whole point of them withholding information is that, that so that he would go behind their backs and that's dumb. That that yes, Eric, you're right, a hundred percent dumb. That's bad because it's like it's and it's and it's, it's not just bad for the characters. It's just bad overall writing. I mean, uh, a good script would have said, okay, great, we're gonna do have. We have to have Finn do something. So Finn is going to go and do this as a distraction while we do this. So then the audience knows what's going on. Not necessarily every character has to know what's going on. But you at least got to tell the audience what's going on. Because that's, because that's the part of the movie where it's like, wait a minute. So there was like six sneaky little plans going around and nobody, it, just, it was confusing. It was confusing as all hell. 
Have either of you guys ever watched the revamp of the Battlestar Galactica series? No. So With after the yeah, no. So the, you've got the very you got the premiere, which is an hour and a half sort of mini series kind of thing. The second episode is called Thirty Three. That episode and the fall and the subsequent episode, the Cylons are tracking the human colonies, the surviving colonists, every 33 minutes. So they have to jump into hyperspace ever, and then every 33 minutes they follow them, right? Well, they find out that they're being tracked through the lead fucking Cylon ship, and, they're all, and so the way you have to stop them is to get onto the lead Cylon ship with a hacker and break into the fucking thing and stop them from tracking you for the split five minutes that they're going to be able to figure it out, and then you get the fuck off the ship, and you go jump into hyperspace. Get the fuck out of there, and they can't track you anymore. Is it a coincidence that's that the plot. Captain Phasma looks like a Cylon, too. Yeah, that's, that's the plot of the first episode of Battlestar Galactica, the, the first 45-minute episode. Well, Guess what this was? Yep. Same fucking show. I literally watched Battlestar Galactica with fucking Luke Skywalker. That's what just happened. Probably. So that's I mean, the plot like... hole. That, that, this, was a, this was not a Star Wars movie. This was a sci-fi movie that had I mean, Star Wars fucking attached to it. I'm so that's why they got. That, well, I'm not, I'm not trying to get into the into the discussions like where we're going to argue it. So that's where that writing came from. Ryan Johnson didn't fucking write that. Fucking sci-fi network writers wrote that, and they stole it. Maybe we don't know what came first. We don't know if that story has been told before. We can't jump to that conclusion. However, though, I hear what you're saying because that is one of my biggest flaws in the movie. Because Eric, you're right. Here's poor Poe who is like gung-ho hey i want to do this i want to do this and they're like you don't know anything fuck you and he's just like god tell me something like just 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 pull him aside and be like hey po we're kind of doing this and he'd be like oh yeah i'll get my guys on on side i'll get my guys on your side yeah but and but then like even after for like later to like sit him down and i look at the plan like look at that planet right there yeah well we're gonna load this up and get everyone out and he and he goes oh that's a great idea well Back, you know, I'm, I'm back down to zero. Good thing you told me. I just like, yeah, I, I like. I would be even more irate because it's just like you, you guys are dumbasses, man. Yeah, he's the lead pilot in a in a in a group of less than five hundred people. He's legitimately the third in command, second once Laura Dern is there, even though he's been demoted. But whatever. You put you fucking let him know what you're doing. Just, you, you let him know. I also you tell just, him. just want to say too in, in that part too because uh, t- jumping ahead when they're when they're obviously they're going away, but because uh, the code breaker ratted them out and told them that oh there's gonna be pod chips and stuff like that too. Um, and Vice Admiral does the kamikaze, which again my favorite part of the movie. It really is. Um, it was just dope, but even the sound effect too. Was was really cool too. Oh yeah, uh, but like if it was that effective, then I'd be I'd be starting with that about every time. Every time I get into a fight, and, yeah, and I'm going up against a star destroyer, I'd be like, hey, do we have one of those ships? Hey, 
let's just yeah let's get a uh, let's program that thing to to do autopilot or let's get a droid on there or something like that just to to roll the full light speed ahead right through the middle of that fucking ship like every time i'd be doing that absolutely no yeah that scene was amazing i mean that was that was some beautiful piece of special effects on that one all right so uh, what goes on next is that Ray goes to, I'm going to say, the dark place as she's training with Luke underneath uh, the hills of the island that she's in, and she wants to see her parents. She does not see her parents. She sees herself. She does not get the answers that she receives, and eventually, a few scenes later, she decides to leave to go and help her friends. Kind of the same way that Luke left Yoda in Empire Strikes Back to go save her friends. Yeah. But she's going to confront Snoke and Kylo. She gets because to the ship. She, she thinks Kylo fucking Ren is going to turn to the light. That's actually... But see, the thing is that that is actually a very good piece of storytelling. Now, contradicting myself, but we did have just one piece of bad storytelling. But this is actually really good script writing because he could possibly... Turn now, to the good side. I, I have a yeah, rant. And that, and all, about all so if you guys want to say your shit first, and then I'll, I'll get my rant. Okay, right. yeah. So uh, let me, yeah, let me get in, then you can get your rant because I'm very eager to hear it. So first of all, so Snoke connects their minds; they can read each other's minds. We know that that's been brought in previously. Uh, we know that she can read Kylo's, and Kylo can read hers. So Snoke uses that connection and brings them together, knowing that. That Ren is that Kylo Ren is weak than a pussy and knows that Ray is going to try and come and turn him and save him, right? So, first of all, how is she strong enough in the Force to be able to sense that from afar? You know, you can do that from close up to sense the conflict in him. Like she's she's not been taught. You know, this is the second time now that she's been told she needs a teacher, and she's like, yeah, that's fucking why I'm here. Because you're the second person to tell me I need a teacher, Luke. And so, you know, it's just... It, she's not trained, but she's supposed to... Supposedly so fucking strong in the force. Uh, go ahead, Eric. I want to I I hear you rant. Definitely. Okay. So, this... First time I saw the movie, I got, I, I got my feet wet, and I got my questions. The second time I saw the movie, I looked at it, you know, with a with a specialer, with a more special eye, and just kind of a ear to the ground, and really just kind of taking a lot more. And so this is what I, I this is why I like this storyline a lot more. Um, from what I had seen, now just beforehand, I'll say this: I don't like that Snoke was so easily discarded after mm -hmm. the the mystery that we were given in The Force Awakens. And he's built up to be, like, this all-powerful, like, oh, my God. Uh, he even looks dope. His, the, the gradient chamber seems to be quite trendy now, with both in this movie and in Blade Runner. Uh, it just seems to be kind of a thing. But, uh, anyway, it looked really cool. Got a nice villain-looking awesome. He talked too long, and that was, like, comically too long, almost. And so that... And, again... He got killed in, in the bitchiest way possible, but it made sense because I, after watching it again, all the movements that he was reading through Kylo Ren's mind all matched when he turned the the hilt and when he the desire to light the lightsaber right through the person. 
So I, I get that. Um, basically, what I get out of this is that we've come to a point in the Force where coming from Episode 1 to now, Episode 1, you had Jedi by the by the dozens by the dime a dozens over here you know i remember in the in the clone wars there was that Col uh, coliseum scene where there was just lightsabers everywhere from all these different jedis i don't know who the fuck these jedis are i don't care about huh. them but they're they're just everywhere there was there there was a school set up they were uh, um, they had a presence in the council like they were established they were a group they were a religious group and they they had you know, uh, uh, people in, in, in places everywhere, right? We're at a point right now where it's dwindled down, dying, dying, dying more and more to basically just these two. Okay, to just the last two, just Luke and Ray on the light and then Snoke and Kylo on the dark. That's, that's it. You basically just have those two right now. And uh, this is where I feel like there's this huge imbalance because if the force have how I see it is like this weighted thing and before it was evenly distributed and now it's like all the essence that could be welded through somebody is weighing heavy onto these two people, Kylo and Rey. So it is just a ball of raw fucking indestructive power and it is just, I don't even know what the hell. When Yoda was telling Luke that don't worry about it, she's got it. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. She's, they both have so much that they're just like no 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 those books that's old shit they're at like 5.0 right now they're next uh -huh. level don't worry about the books dude they're next level and when he's saying that you know she's doing all these new powers i need someone to teach me he's like listen you you're way advanced you have too much power for that shit teachers ain't gonna teach you because they don't know how to teach you so we have this new thing now and uh i like that this whole, I think still might have been blubbing about the connection part, because obviously he had died, but the connection still exists, is there. So maybe he was fooled into thinking that there was a, you know, that he was the, the, the cause of that. I like that bridge part. I think that there's a connection, that there's a yin and yang between these two. And that might be a little bit too symbolic on that part, too. But when they touch, they both have prophecies of each other. And this is where it got interesting to me... Because she, Ray, first goes, Kylo, I, I see you turn. You turn to the light, and and there's good in you. And we know from these movies before, from the last movie before, that he is divided. He's always split. He wants to turn good. He, the, the light beckons him, but he wants to turn dark. For what? For whatever reason, why? He gets his moment when he betrays Snoke, kills him, fights with Ray, and he has his moment. That's his turning point right there. Like, that's... That's a big turning point where he's just like, come on, I, I see this. Damn the old way. This is, it, the old way is time to die. It's it's time to, to destroy all the old shit, and it's time to rebuild the new. And that was his turning point. But he had also predicted that she would turn. And I find that to be curious because we haven't seen that yet. And the second time I saw this, there was more and more characteristics of her having the dark side than he having it. Luke first said that she went straight to the dark. Didn't even resist. When you went, you went straight dark. So that was one. Um, the part when she's with Snoke and uh, her rage, she just keeps on going, keeps on 
trying to attack boom 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 there's no control there's no trying to to poison you know she's she's reckless you know uh she much like anakin and her parents you know she's like this this do nothing fucking whatever like her parents are nothing you know she's a piece of shit so she has all this hate she she hates that she doesn't know her parents she hates them for for throwing her away there's all this this pent upness i i think that she's gonna go dark i i that's my prediction i i, I want to see that i think we got a good indications to see that and i that's where i want this story to go that's what i get out of this is that there's going to be something with those two because they are literally the, the only two left right it's just kylo and ray with ignore the the hint at the end of the movie with the boy picking up or force force grabbing the broom but like that that's what i'm thinking is that kylo might eventually because that's the other part he, he saved he didn't kill leia he had a he, the light took over he has these glimmers that that are really overpowering him and what if he turns and becomes like the new fucking the new light you know so i'm and, wow i'm and, excited to see all this on that if i can just piggyback off you for just a second i think the things you're talking about more to the to the force awakens than anything in the Force Awakens, like we're introduced to the characters in the story, we know where the story is supposedly supposed to go. It says that when they met Force Awakens, it wasn't just in Rey; she's the main character. But it's awakened now. It's a it's awake now in everybody. And is Finn Force sensitive? We know that that little boy is. We know Leia is. You know, we know that these people can sort of predict things as they go, but how they want them to go. You know, like Luke, or excuse me, Ray sees the future, but as she wants to see it, she wants to see Ben Solo again. And Kylo, when he's because both of them are undertrained, mind you, but he sees her future and it goes the way he wants it to go, which is her joining him. Because as you say, she's nobody, and he has the most brilliant line I think in all, in, and he delivers it with such callous beautiful callous speaks again to Adam Driver's an actor. Yeah. And he says, you know who your parents are. You've seen it. They're nobodies. They were, they were drunks who, who sold you for drinking money. You have no part in this story. There's no reason for you to even be here, but you're here. And that's to be with me. You know, so like that, and that's the big reveal is that her oh, parents, wait. her parents are nobody. Yeah, it does. And he and he drives that stake right through her heart, and that's where Daisy Ridley is a brilliant actress. Is that she takes that, and you can see it in her the same way you saw Kylo Ren at the beginning of the movie broken in half. She's then broken in half. You know, it's they do they, they're great right there. So again, those two. That they they were the movie to me, and everyone else, all the that whole all that side story stuff was just mm, Luke being bitchy about that whole stuff. Meh, whatever the hell, his little uh, apparition at the end and then dying. I, I get it; it's symbolic. It's the Jedi's time to go. Um, I, I get that you're, he's accepting that, and that's just kind of his his noble way out. Sure. Sure. Whatever. It's uh, it's not my favorite. It's not 
it's not the worst by any means. I, I enjoyed it. It's entertaining. But um, a lot of it was just unnecessary, I think. A lot of it was just a little filler. So my argument to go on this, guys, and then we'll get into our final reviews, is that I'm surprised you guys are not seeing what I'm seeing, that Ray is the new Yoda. I mean, that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen at the end of episode nine. No. It, whether 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 Ray kills or does not kill Kylo Ren, Ray doesn't need to be trained by Luke Skywalker, who at this point is a huge hardcore Jedi Master because she already has the powers in her because she is Yoda. At the end of episode nine, my prediction is that she is going to start a whole new Jedi Order. And unfortunately, maybe a vicious circle will discontinue. But we saw that kid with the broom. We force grabbed that. She is the hero of the story. She is what every girl wants to be. She will not turn dark at all. She may contemplate it in the next movie, just like Luke Skywalker did in Return of the Jedi. But she will not turn. She is Yoda. No, Yoda. They're both too big to, to for for just one to survive. I'm I'm telling you, I'm telling you, she is Yoda. She is the new Yoda. That's what's gonna happen. And you know, everybody was saying, you know, the big questions going in this movie: who is Snoke and who's her parents? Well, we really didn't get the answers that we wanted for those two questions that we've been wondering. Who is Snoke? We don't know. No. Nope. So I'd be like, eh, well, he'd be been around for a while. No, he's been around for a while. Apparently, yeah. doesn't matter. We don't know. We don't know that he's an. He is now an ancillary character because of the poor storytelling of Ryan Johnson. We, we I don't do think it's that. the poor storytelling of Ryan Johnson. No, I mean, I don't think it's a poor poor storytelling of, of Ryan Johnson. I just think that Snoke is not the big bad. The big bad is Kylo Ren because whether we think that Kylo's going to switch or Ray's going to switch. Supreme leader. Kylo is now the supreme leader. This is what he wants. I mean, like, regardless of him conflicting whether he should kill his mom or not or whatever that goes on with him, he is the supreme leader now. This is what he wants. Well, now you get to see see that the First Order is now in shambles, too. Like, they're just as unstable as the Resistance are because... They're being run by Supreme Leader Kylo, who is a whiny little baby and is very irrational with his emotions. General Hux is just waiting for the right moment to stab this dude in the back. Like, yeah. we got to see that moment, which was a pretty mm-hmm. good moment. Like, which, that, which, that right there, in, it, it showed more in Hux in that moment than we got to see a lot of Finn in the entire fucking movie out of their development. I would agree. Because yeah. Hux, Hux gets owned multiple times in this movie. Like when we're first introduced to him and Snoke holograms his face onto their ship and knocks him flat on his face, which is kind of a chuckle moment. And then when he – and then the next time we sort of see him for the most part in a, in a, in a serious – in a main scene, he's in the Supreme Leader's chambers with – him being chopped in half when you have a, a thing you don't need to see, which is fucking Snoke's tongue hanging out because yeah. he's laying there chopped in half. That was fucking stupid. But and he's he pu- he gets to, he's trying to pull out his gun to kill Kylo Ren, and Kylo Ren wakes up. Like I'm the supreme. They 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 look at each other kind of for a moment and say, "Who's the supreme leader? You mean to control my army?" And, and then Luke and then Kylo not Luke. Kylo Ren force chokes him. And says basically it says I'm the fucking supreme leader. I've got one thing over you. 
that you'll yeah. never have over me. And then when when he and then when he's shooting all those all the lasers from the the at Luke, the hol- we we find out it's a hologram, and not hologram, but a force projection. Aberration, and he yeah. says, yeah, yeah. He says, do you think do you think you've got him? And Kylo Ren does the Thor, or excuse me, the uh, the the Hulk Thor punch, yeah. but with the force and throws him against the wall of the Walker, and then, which by the way, there's a huge plot hole because are, is he in the Walker or is he in his fucking ship? Like, does he jump to his ship to be lowered down to fight Luke? No, he's in yes. his ship. But anyway, but anyway. No, they're in a walker, aren't they? They're, so I thought, they're, no, they're, they're, I thought they were in their ship above the walkers. Well, maybe maybe I missed that, but, you know. No, no, I, I, I know. It's, it's either way. Go ahead. Yes. So, Jordan, I want to know this about, about what you thought, because neither Eric nor I knew anything going into this movie. And you and I had a conversation as I was walking into my second viewing, and you shared with me that you knew multiple things about the story. Uh, you didn't know everything, and I tried not to tell you anything, and I tried to make our conversation short because I didn't want to tell you anything. But I would, you know, I'd like to break, break protocol here a little bit, if it's okay, because you knew the story somewhat going in. You knew most of the major things. I want to know what your thought and review is of the movie and then, you know, I, I actually kind of have a long diatribe about it. I'd like to go last, if that's okay. All right, there you go. Jordan, right, well, uh, is it worth it? Yeah, so we're going to talk into our is it worth it or is it not worth it? Is Star Wars The Last Jedi worth it for me? Absolutely. This is what you need to do, fans. One, two, and three, they do not exist. Four, five, six, and seven, and eight exist. This movie is brilliant. I will still argue that this is in the hands of a real director, a director that wants to tell an interesting story that's not always going to go 100%, you know, the way that the way the formula wants to do. Yeah, there is a lot of formula stuff in the movie when it comes to like empire references and whatnot, but I felt when I watched this movie that this was a different Star Wars movie. This was not your George Lucas JJ Abrams play it safe. I think that Ryan Johnson did a lot of risk in this movie. Some risk paid off. Some risk didn't. But I think he did a good job. Uh, I'm very upset that Luke is now dead. I mean, it's just it's 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 Luke motherfucking Skywalker, right? I mean, like I mean, like this was my Superman growing up. I mean, this is the guy that defeated the Rancor. He's now dead, and it's it's very sad to say that. It's very sad to see him go. And it's very sad to see Luke Skywalker broken in this movie. I think it's a good idea for, you know, for his character to have redemption at the end. But it is very heartbreaking to see Luke Skywalker, the man who you cheered on, just so blatantly not caring anymore. And it's just, wow, that sucks. Leia, you know what, Carrie Fisher, God rest her soul, I'm not going to talk shit about her. But Carrie Fisher's act in the movie was very subpar. This was the worst movie she's done in the Star Wars universe. It was it was not it was it was not done well on her part. Um, that's all I got to say about her because I'm not going to disrespect her and her family about it because I do feel bad about what happened. But I just not, I just not like her acting. Uh, but this movie should not have been called the Star War Star Wars the Last Jedi. This should have been called Star Wars Ray versus Kylo because that's the story that I wanted to see. And that's the story that made the most sense. Finn going to the casino planet, Badicio Baltoro, who was a great actor, 
waste of an actor. He never should have been in this movie because he's not going to come back in episode nine. I know he's not. And it's just like, it's just a waste. And we didn't talk about this one, but here's shocking. Captain Phasma is now dead. We, we don't know that. She went up the same way that she did in, the, in episode seven. So she might go the same fucking way. I mean, maybe just don't maybe. Just, just ignore her. She's just there for looks now. But what I think it is for me, overall, in a nutshell, just overall, I like the direction of where this movie went. I like that that Ryan Johnson killed off characters like Snoke, that it's not probably going to be interesting because there's probably a bigger bad. Like, what do they always say in episodes one, two, and three? That there's always two? Well, Kylo's not really a Sith, so there has to be another big bad. Probably, right? So maybe we'll get that in episode nine. But overall, The Last Jedi is definitely worth it. See this movie. Check it out. Eric, what do you say? Is Star Wars The Last Jedi worth it or not worth it? I'll keep mine short and sweet so that uh, we can all anxiously hear what Ed has to say about it. Um, Listen, it's a Star Wars movie. I, I did enjoy this movie. The scenes were well done. I enjoyed the fight scenes. Like the humor was re- was was fun too. When when Poe was was doing the troll, I I enjoyed this movie for what it is. I I enjoyed it, of course. I liked the the Kylo and the and the Ray thing, as I said before. the The plot is the plot uh, holes that are in the movie that I've stated before bother me. They do, but like. The, the the shots in this movie are awesome. They're well done. Like the fight scenes are well done. I, I can't deny that, you know? Like the the any of the the fight scenes. I don't know by the way, like are those red guards just Imperial guards or are they actually the Knights of Ren because they're semi like light wielding I, I, I don't know. So we're like where are they at? Where are the Knights of Ren at, you know? Are they are they doing different missions for so maybe we'll find that out. But um, I just—I'll have a lot of questions in this movie that I don't think I'm gonna get answers to because it's so different. Again, um, I'd say it's worth it. I, I really—I really did have a a good time watching the movie. I'm not gonna lie. The porks don't bother me like they did some other people. It's marketing, and it's—you gotta have that. BB-8 is just as cute. R2 is back. Uh, C-3PO being a bitch as always, you know. I. I enjoyed the movie, so I'd say it's worth it. Definitely go and see it. It's not my favorite, by by any means. It's not my second. It's not even my second. It's not even the top three, but uh, for sure, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. All right, Ed, is Star Wars: The Last Jedi worth it or not worth it? I, I'll I'll open by saying there will never be anything, in my opinion, that has the Star Wars tag that's not worth it. So yeah, I mean, for that. For that degree, it's worth it. And it's not a horrible sci-fi movie. Sci-fi is one of my favorite genres. I love watching sci-fi, sci-fi movies. And like I said, I loved Battlestar Galactica, and I loved the first se- season. So, of course, I'm going to like this movie because it's the same fucking plot. But kind of personal with, with Star Wars with me, and it's a story that, Jordan, you partially know, Eric, you don't know, and only, honestly, my closest friends know, and I want to share this. So you understand my affinity to this story. When I had something happen, like I, I had a major head injury and I had a, a concussion and it changed a lot of my life. It actually made me kind of depressed. 
for a very for a very long period of time. It was a moment. There were multiple moments, but the last moment, I I did attempt to kill myself. It's even hard for me to talk about. I took a bunch of, and I was ready to go. I was done. I I had a lot of. I mean, again, I had a, a major brain injury, and in, in, in you know, it changed my personality. And I'm not that person. I've overcome those things, but the thing that I wanted to do as my last moment on earth was to watch the last, the, the, the trilogy. I wanted to watch four, five, and six. And I was at the end of four and I felt myself falling asleep. And the moment was, I need to finish watching this movie. And then all of a sudden it, it triggered my, my entire life turned around. I was scared. I, I knew what I was doing. I knew it like I had become cognizant because I wanted to watch the end of Star Wars. And I, I, I went downstairs and I threw up all the pills. And I, I mean, I wasn't, I mean, it, 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 I, I don't know exactly how many, I don't even remember that. I just, it, it's all a blur because there I am. And I was living at my dad's house at the time because I was just, I had just graduated college. And so there I am throwing up and gagging and crying and screaming and everything in, in, the, in the bathroom. My dad comes in and he says, what's wrong? And I told him, and I immediately put myself into a mental institution for a short period of time. And I was there for my birthday. I was there for Christmas and I was there for New Year's and I was there for Thanksgiving. And it's honestly, and, I, and I've come a long way, but personally, I want to say that the, that the reason that that happened to me, the reason that I'm still on this fucking planet is because of this franchise. Because I wanted to watch, I was, I was at the end of Empire. I hadn't finished it yet. And I wanted to watch, I wanted to finish watching it. I, so I, I give you guys that story because I want you to know that I feel this franchise saved my life. So when I see this movie, I loved Force Awakens. I thought J.J. Abrams did a brilliant job. I thought that, you know, he didn't commercialize the movie any more than he really had to. I mean, Disney's going to take this and do what they've got to do, and I don't blame them. Make, you know, they, they, it's, they own it. They can make whatever they want with it. I will, be the, I will be there on the first day when they open Star Wars Land in Disney World, right? I will be there. I, I, it's just going to happen. And to see that this movie, which has nothing to fucking do with Star Wars, it, it, it broke my, it legitimately broke my heart. I, I walked out of the theater and I, I, I was so heartbroken at this movie because it is not a Star Wars movie. If you take it by itself as a standalone, like it, it's, it's comparable to Rogue One. It's a, it's a sci-fi movie. Yeah. And I liked Rogue One more than this. I liked Rogue One more than this movie. It's a sci-fi movie that has a Star Wars tag so that you go and fucking see it, and it's going to make $500 million in its first week, and it's going you know, to make, make Disney a ton of money. I'm not, I don't have a problem with Disney making a ton of money. I have no problems with any company making a ton of money off of entertainment, things like this. But, like, you, you, you're given the porgs, which is legitimately the only reason those characters are put in there is to make fucking Furbies, and... You're meant to like them, and I just was so annoyed with them. You're given uh, a Luke that I'm okay with him being old and crotchety, and he actually came and it came into fruition. The, the arguments that I've had with many friends of mine, and, and you two included, who uh, Luke's a bitch. He's just not the character you think he is, and that's true here. But he act, but he wasn't like just being a bitch. He was he was. Mark Hamill didn't play Luke Skywalker. Mark Hamill played Luke Skywalker playing Yoda. 
Okay. You know, because he was a dick. Because he was a dick. Yeah. He, you know what I mean? So, like, it wasn't even along those lines. Like, Ewan McGregor in, in episode three, he didn't play Obi-Wan. Ewan McGregor played Obi-Wan playing fucking Alec Guinness. You know what I mean? It was, it, I, I mean, he did a brilliant job. I, I, it's, I mean, it's an entertaining movie. It is. I mean, from a film standpoint, like, I, I, taking away the fact that it's Star Wars, but they give you storylines that don't make sense. Uh, the, 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 Finn, the Finn and Rose storyline, all of a sudden you introduce a fucking love story. It, it, no, that's not how these are supposed to go. You know, it, it, you introduce a bad guy who's supposed to be the big bad, and the overarching story of Star Wars is that you have a bad guy who's turned back good. Like, that's what you're supposed to do with Kylo Ren and Ben Solo. He's evil, he kills his dad because he's trying to be bad. He's trying to be his grandfather. He's trying to, to, to be what Snoke wants him to be. And then you learn how he turns. That's the reveal in this fucking movie, is how he turns bad. Is how he turns to Snoke. To kill off the guy who turns him, who he's supposed to be the redeemed character. Ray's the main character who turns Kylo redeemed. That's how 7, 8, and 9 are supposed to go. That's Star Wars to me. So you kill off the big bad guy, and now what? Like you, you, you make the guy who's supposed to be turned good into the big bad, and then you don't give us an explanation as to why. And then the big bad goes out like he's not even fucking... You, you ruin... Ryan Johnson ruined the story J.J. Abrams told me. And I love the story J.J. Abrams told me. And I like the story that he was trying to get the other two directors, and now he's got the third one, thank God. He's got the franchise back because I think that he made up the story that said that he loved this movie so much that he wished he could direct it. I think he took over nine because he hated the story so much that he developed so he could save it. All right. I, I mean, you know, yes. I might, in short and sweet, the answer is yes, only because it's fucking Star Wars. And maybe that's my fault, and maybe that's Disney's fault. But <coughs> you, you, Ryan Johnson, who I like some of his work, you know what I mean? I, I, I've prefaced that. I've said that. You take brilliant performances by Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley, and you give me, you give me fucking a 45-minute episode of Battlestar fucking Galactica, and which I love the show, but I, I mean, it's not Star Wars to me. So, Ryan Johnson did more bad for this movie than George Lucas ever could have. I would have rather wow. had CGI dancing fucking strippers in goddamn Jabba's palace than I would have this anything else in this entire movie. The Kylo and Rey storyline I liked. I mean, that's just is what it is. They he did a decent job with that. That. But that was, like, that was the natural way to go with this. He, it was only because he couldn't fuck that up. He legitimately <laughs> fucked everything else up about this movie. Wow. So that's my final review. You, I, only, I only liked it because it was a Star Wars movie, and I think I only like it because it moves to number nine that J.J. Abrams was going to stay. But this movie legitimately, as a Star Wars fanatic, broke my heart. All right. Well, I think Ed agrees with a lot of the Star Wars fanatics out there who feels the same way as he does. But, of course, what do you guys feel? So, definitely, uh, we wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this episode. And we hope you guys like some of the new structures that we are doing. We're continuing to revamp and, and change. And 
what did Kylo Ren say? Out with the old and in with the new, essentially, right? Yep. So there's going to be some uh -huh. new Movie Guys podcast stuff coming your guys' way in 2018. We will have one more episode for 2017, and that will be our second year episode. Our second year just extravaganza talking about the year. We can't wait to get that to you guys. But make sure to check us out at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com movieguyspodcast.com on iTunes search for movie guys podcast also on Twitter at movie guys pod and search first on iTunes search movie guys podcast you can find this episode and many others and including other shows that are part of movie guys podcast but Eric and Ed thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Star Wars the Last Jedi and we'll be back next week have a good night guys may the force be with you <laughs>